Up next, dust control and residential sprinkler systems. Welcome to the Handy Guys Podcast, a podcast for handy guys from handy guys. Here are the handy guys themselves, Brian and Paul. So, Brian, um, when I started doing work in the garage... What kind of work? When I started cutting wood and doing those sorts of things to build my new built-in bookshelf, which we're going to eventually talk about, I tend to do that kind of work in the winter because in the summer I generally work outside, Mm -hmm. work lawn-type stuff. But in the winter, I start tackling projects for the home, and a lot of times that means cutting wood, which I do in the garage. Sure. And my garage is all... The garage door's down. I have a heater for the garage, and I, uh, you know, everything's shut tight mm-hmm. if it's 20 degrees or whatever outside. Well, things get kind of dusty, yes. and um, so they get dusty anytime you cut wood or – and even worse, if you cut melamine or something like that, sure. you get all these particles in the air. And um, I've actually heard – I don't know if it's true or not, but in, of course, the state of California considers almost anything a, a carcinogenic carcinogen or whatever, but they've declared that dust from wood, that kind of product can, you know, be a major problem and cause cancer in your lungs and that kind of thing. You know, there's a lot more things in your garage shop <laughs> that are going to hurt you way before the dust. Well, we're going to talk about that because I would consider dust to be one of the most dangerous things in the shop, but you may, the, you I, may, you I may disagree. I think the table saw, <laughs> I think the circular saw. You know, well, let's talk and, about it. But first, we need right. to also talk about the latest on home residential sprinklers because you mentioned it last week. I did And I want to hear what's new because I knew it was coming into code and I, I want to hear what you have to say. All right. But let's give out our contact information. You can always just go to our website, www.handyguyspodcast.com and click on the Contact Us tab and f- you'll find all our contact information there. Also to our listeners, don't forget to subscribe. So if you're listening to the audio podcast, you can get us in iTunes, or on whatever your other moldy media player is. And if you need some help with that, you can just contact us and we'll try to you, help you out. You can also, what, just click on uh, RSS, the little logo there on yeah. the, our main page, and it'll ask you, okay, what's your RSS reader? And you can choose. And I use Google Reader. So it just means I have that, a, a right? Google account, a Gmail account, or a Google account, and it adds it to my, I think it's google.com slash reader. Then that page just consolidates all of my subscriptions. I can... Also put a little widget on my iGoogle page and all that kind of stuff with my absolutely stuff. or the iTunes subscribe or Zune or whatever you've got, and you can subscri- subscribe separately for our videos in either standard definition or high definition or just the audio podcasts plus whatever blog posts and stuff we make. Got a project right. on your honeydew list? Let the handy guys know about it, and they may talk about it on their next podcast. Okay, Brian, so before we talk about home sprinkler systems, I want to talk about my little contention here. With the dust control? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. That one of the most dangerous things in the handy guy shop is dust. I didn't say it was absolutely the most dangerous because I'm not really sure you can say any one thing is absolutely the most dangerous because any there's multiple multitudes of items in the shop that could kill right. you. I mean, yeah. the the bottle of Roundup on your shelf could kill you if you drink it. You know, or, or maybe <laughs> not Roundup, but something, some other chemical. Uh, yeah, sure. But the break, I would brake cleaner. That's yeah. Right. There you go. Or the the stuff used for your windshield wipers. The uh, the antifreeze. Blue stuff? Yeah. 
that'll take you out real fast. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> but I want to talk about why dust, I think it's one of the most dangerous, and that's simply because it's not always taken seriously. So mm. you go out and work in the shop, you do some cuts, and before you know it, your shop air is filled with dust. And a lot of times people don't plan ahead. They don't have a dust collection system, or they don't have a shop vac that's connected to their tools, or they don't have good dust masks. Uh, or none of the above, and they're out there doing work, and they're breathing in all this stuff. And while there is no immediate danger, down the road, I don't know, especially with some of these woods we're yeah. getting from imported. So I right. think like could, my deck wood, Epe, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Right. Who knows what you're breathing in when you? I'm breathing in Epe <laughs> when you're probably. cutting that. <laughs> so you have, all, you'll have long-lasting lungs then. <laughs> right. What else would I be breathing in? But yeah, but you don't know what the dangers of that are to your lungs, and so. That's why I think it can be very dangerous. When you, when you handle a table saw, most people realize pretty quickly how dangerous that, that tool is. Right. And while hopefully they take precautions, but not everyone takes the proper uh, precaution when it comes Paul, to I've dust. Paul, I've said this before. Let's see if you remember what I think the most dangerous tool is in the handy guy's arsenal. Uh, let's see. You remember what I said? I've said this. Did I'm you say spinning. a bandsaw? No. Joiner? No. And it wasn't table saw. No. It's not even a power tool. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, the, the, utility it's the user, knife. right? Oh, utility knife. The yeah. utility knife. Yeah, okay. That sends more people to the hospital for stitches yeah. than any that, other that's tool. That's probably true, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. It's not going to kill you. Right. But uh, whereas uh, long-term exposure to some carcinogen uh, in you know that you breathe in perhaps is. You're cutting melamine. You get that particle board uh, that's in, that's ma it's made up of. Who knows? Well, Besides, it's, it's the, more in the glues and, and stuff. I was just going to say exactly the resins that they use for that. Same with plywood. It's they're glued plies together, and you're cutting right. and you're sending all this who knows what into the air. And if you use an MDF, that's known to have major problems, carcinogens. If you breathe that in, you really don't want to breathe the dust from MDF, and that makes the most dust. Right, and I. It's always recommended to wear a dust mask. Mm -hmm. So beyond that, what are the techniques, you know, regardless of whether you're concerned about the health risks of dust or not, maybe you just want to keep your okay. shop clean. So what are the techniques or strategies okay. for dealing with the dust? Well, I would first of all not just say get a dust mask, but I would say get a decent dust mask with a vent. Um, as opposed to just the bare bones. Like a respirator? Kind doesn't of have to be a full-blown respirator, but you can get disposable dust masks with vents that you can use multiple times. They cost a little bit more, and they got a little valve on them, and they allow air to come in and out, and they don't fog up your glasses and that sort of thing. They're made of the same kind of filter material as the Vero Cheapies. They're a little bit thicker, though. They're almost mm -hmm. a cloth uh, material, and they go over your face, and they have two straps on them as opposed to just a single one. And so they hold the dust mask tighter to your face. And because they have a vent, they allow you to breathe easier, and they don't fog up your uh, But glasses. if it's allowing you to breathe easier and they have a vent, doesn't the dust come no, in that vent? No, the vent blocks it when you breathe in. It closes a, it's it. a one-way vent. Yeah, it so allows you to breathe out. Yeah, Your exhale yeah. goes out faster, But they easier. work. They, I've started – I don't use it. I have some cheap ones around because I bought some, but I, I, I use those, and they're much better – and they do a, a far greater job because they're not as uh, uncomfortable to wear. 
necessarily. Now, if you want to go higher end, you would get a 3M full respirator that with filters, attachments that you can use for different, you know, solvents right. and or they, based or, or they even have, you know, like what a fireman would use, right. like a full respirator right. kind right. of a thing that is hooked up to an air pack and Right, uh, you can go crazy. But I, with I that think stuff you can get full face. You can coverage. do pretty good with the disposable, uh, with the two straps, and they have a vent, and they cost a little bit more. And you can reuse them. You can use them multiple times before you throw them away. But you can get them in a five pack. Well, or something what about like that. beyond that? What about things like dust collectors, yeah. shop vacs, or air filters for your shop? Right. So. Um, you know, if we could we could spend all day talking about this because woodworkers, for instance, that are always working with wood are right. always going to have a serious dust collection system. They realize that if they're working with it all the time, they have to to get rid of the dust. So, uh, for the handy guys, though, they're probably not going to want to invest in a full dust collection system with a you know a huge dust collector. Um, Why not a cyclone? If they're just occasionally going out, maybe every. February, they go out and do a project in the garage. They they may they may want to. I have actually a that's a, a, a one and a half horsepower I think dust collection with a filter and it it's okay. But I still often wear a dust mask because I don't always collect the dust right at the tool as I should. Right, so, and that's the key with any the of these part. dust collection. You know, cyclonic kind of yeah. dust collection things or the ones that use the uh, felt bags. They hook up to the particular tool that you're using and they need to um, get a large volume of air moving to, to bring that dust right. into the machine. And if you don't have it connected to the tool properly, it's not going to do, uh, or it's not going to be as effective as perhaps exactly. it could be. So it almost doesn't, it, sometimes it doesn't matter whether, whether you have a, a low end shop vac or a high end dust collector. If you don't have a method to, to actually collect the dust right at the tool, then you're going to have problems. So in other words, some tools are designed with d dust collection in mind. Absolutely. And they but have connectors. Like a portable table saw, for yeah. example, is not right. going to be able to hook up to any kind of exactly. dust collector effectively. And you're going to want to use it outside if you can. <sighs> right, because there, there's just too many places. There's no port to hook it up. But on the other hand, uh, a lot of palm sanders, yeah. like a rotary sanders, have either a little dust bag on them, right. but you can take that up take that off and hook it right to your shop vac. So as you're going along, it can suck that dust right into the shop vac. Yeah, right. And 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 by the way, Brian, you think you know the best way, the best best method to deal with dust is actually just to work outside or with your garage door open and a fan blowing because then you get fresh air. But when I'm doing this my job projects in the middle of winter, I don't want to do that. Right. So that's why I focus on that time of year. The rest of the year I open up the garage doors and often work out near the open air and I don't have nearly the problem. Right, absolutely. So, um, yeah, you know, the, the tool design is the biggest thing. I know wh who's the company they really do a great job with dust collection. Is it Fine or one of those? Uh, There's a couple of them. Festool. Festool Some Fine. of those, they do great, a great, with every tool they make, whether it's a router or whatever, they have dust collection in mind and it has a port on it and right. uh, they'd like you to use their shop vac that they sell for, you know. Sure, <laughs> a lot of money and all of that. Right. But, but it's an integrated system. So when you, like if you're using that sander, you turn the sander on, right. and the and the shop vac turns on at the same time, and it begins its dust collection. So you know the other method you can use, Brian, is there's air filters you can get for your shop. So they're they're I'd boxes. like to get one of those. You they, hang it from your ceiling, right? And it and it recycles your air so many times an hour and filters out with all the dust 
uh, particulates, and there's a pre-filter and a filter, and you and the pre-filter is just like the, what you have in your furnace, I think, for the most part. Sure. And uh, that will, and a HEPA filter, I think they have in it, and it has a yeah, fan. Yeah, it depends on the grade yeah. you get of this the, filter, but sure, some of them can do very, very fine particles. That's going to clean the air really fast. The problem is, it takes a while from the time you're cutting the wood until that cleans your air. Right. So you and might it's wanna... not for all sawdust. It's going to be for your finer particulates that are right. just floating in the air. It's right. not for the big, heavy chips of sawdust and, or anything like and that. And what that is helpful, I think would be helpful for, in my case, is you know I'm going in and out of the garage, I'm cutting some stuff, going upstairs, installing something, coming back to the garage, and I may not have my dust mask on at that point, and perhaps one of those filters would have cleaned out the air and you know mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. wouldn't have sucked in so much junk. Right. I don't know. But I think it is a problem. I don't know if it's the most dangerous, but it could be. Who knows? We'll know in about you know <laughs> right. a few years down the road. Certainly, if you look at what commercial woodworkers are doing, people yeah. that are doing it all day, furniture manufacturers in various parts of uh, this country, they have dust collection systems. They're they, required. They, they have to. Yeah. And they uh, have them outside the building too. Right. So there's no, you know, but if a filter fails, it's not sending stuff into the air. Right. But they're sending, uh, you know, truckloads yeah. of sawdust right. down the plant that's making the melamine or the particle board. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, it's just something to be concerned about. So I would, uh, we'll put a link uh, on our, on this post to a couple masks that I'm suggesting at least. I think they're good middle of the road. They do a good job and uh, have pretty good performance for not a high price. Okay. And we can also throw some links in there for some dust collectors. Mm -hmm. And uh, the shop vacs that I really like are the quieter ones that turn on and off with your tool. Yeah. So we can link to a couple of them Exactly. And you know, Brian, the reason I love my dust collector so much over a shop vac is because it's not loud and it has way more power. So that's the advantage of actually getting something. Uh, a, oh, a, mine uh, is loud. Yeah. Your, your uh, dust collector is? My dust uh, collector sounds like mine? a jet taken oh, off. Oh, really? Yeah. Mine is really quiet. And, right. uh, but mine's running on three-phase power. I think it's a three-horsepower motor that's about, you know. Still, it's, it's make a, sure you get a dust collector that's not super loud because that, <laughs> that's a pain. All right. That's all we have for now for dust collection. But up next, I want to talk about the your item. You wanted to talk about home uh, residential sprinkler systems. Yes. Don't know where to get reliable answers for your do-it-yourself projects? Why not search the Handy Guys Archive at handyguyspodcast.com. Okay, Brian. So I know, and we talked about this before, that they were going to be bringing this into the, the code for homes that you need to... For new homes, I suppose. New homes or major remodels. Okay. And the issue is that you'll have, they're going to either require for the new building code sprinkler systems. Right. So what passed um, about a year and a half ago was supposed to go into effect in 2011 here in Pennsylvania was a bill that had that basically said uh, we're adopting a, a particular part of the residential building code requiring sprinkler systems in the new construction, like you said. And there was such an uproar around Pennsylvania, a lot of it from citizens – a lot of it from you know prospective home buyers saying, "Why should I spend you know six, ten, twelve, fourteen thousand dollars more on my house? Shouldn't that decision be mine and not the government's?" Right. And there was a big uproar, and there's been a change in the legislature here in Pennsylvania. Oh, really? Uh, now that now last that, November, the issue is Go whether ahead. they adopt 
the latest or whatever the version is of the national building code, I assume, or international, it could be. And so they have the, the what they do oftentimes in local municipalities or in state governments is they will sometimes make exceptions to certain items in that building code, or they'll will say we adopt this building code with the exception of, you know, uh, part C, one item three something like that. Right, right. So, um, what happened in Pennsylvania is the legislature got so much feedback from citizens, from builders saying, you know, we don't need another government mandate burdening our business or burdening our our lives. And uh, because we had a a more conservative legislature come into power and less of a nanny state now in Pennsylvania, we have, um, they've repealed this and the governor has signed this. But but they already require certain things, like they require your yeah. smoke hardwired smoke detectors are required, and they and require so all the other items for code for structural items and roofing. Right, and, it's a common sense thing, though. Right, um, it's not fires that uh, kill people in a house fire; it's the smoke. I thought it was guns that kill people. <laughs> <laughs> people kill people, not <laughs> guns. Don't kill people, Paul. So I actually found out this was repealed. You know, I'm involved uh, in in politics a right. little bit, and I was talking to one of our state legislatures and uh, legislators that I know, and I said, you know, what what's been up this week? What'd you guys uh, get anything done? He goes, Oh, have you ever heard of that residential sprinkler requirement? I said, Yeah, yeah. In fact, I talked about it on the show, and he goes, It's no more. We killed it. <laughs> And the governor signed it, so it was all good. So, so tell me though, what? Like, I'm trying to understand because it seems to me that builders wouldn't mind because that, the subcontractors that do that, or the plumbers, or whoever does that, they would be did. For they it. did mind because they needed to raise the price of that house. And but but everyone tough, would have to do that. Are right. they worried about competing against old stock housing stock? That's well, yeah. For sale? It, so okay, it's you know it's estimated it could be 12 14,000 dollars for a right. typical new house additional cost and the economy is not doing so well so if you, people are in the market to buy a house and it's more expensive they may hold off and the builders get hurt by that so what what they did in Pennsylvania so that this wouldn't happen again is they actually put together a panel uh, and they need a, a or a subcommittee and they need a two-thirds vote uh, in there to enact oh, okay. new uh, major changes to code and so forth. But, okay, so but you were saying though it's the smoke that kills people. Right. But wouldn't a sprinkler system potentially limit the fire so that there's less smoke? Yeah, absolutely. Sure, it would. Oh, okay. And and it's going to make your house. Just remember, we have like a fire marshal or something that listens to us. I think, and he's going to kill us on this one. <laughs> I know, I know he is. Right. So I think we got a couple of them. But yeah, so. You know, I could live, uh, you know, you, we talked about dust collection a little bit, you know. I could just encapsulate myself in a bubble, right? <laughs> right, right. And and not never leave this bubble. That Pence with, guy is going to kill us on dust. But <laughs> right. <laughs> because uh, I'm only breathing purified air and I'm only eating, you know, ultra organic, locally uh, grown food. Let's not right. go there, right? You shouldn't eat ultra organic. <laughs> <laughs> right. And... 
we just got to get on with our lives. And, and <laughs> you know, you gave me a look. I wish we would have done the, the, had this show on video when I said nanny state, right? Uh, you gave me a look. You almost rolled your eyes, but you didn't. No, I, I actually, I'm, I, I am, uh, it's a freedom issue. It's I understand. A, I just, uh, I, I'm, I, I'm not against what you're saying, although I, I'm playing a little devil's advocate to make sure. the conversation interesting. But at the same time, it's um, like when I'd rather see him be more consistent. Like maybe we, why do we even need a building code? You could make the argument you don't need one, right? You would just stop buying houses from that builder that bo- built crap. It wouldn't take long, you know, to see. Sure. Okay, this isn't built well, but I understand why they have them. But anyway, y- right? And codes are not the ultimate either. Building codes are the minimum required by the government, right? So it's not building codes are not best practices. Right. And, you know, Brian, I understand that. Well, that's clear from some of the modern construction we see, home construction. And I actually think that the part of the problem with the – and and understanding why they stopped the sprinkler thing is because, like you said, when are they going to stop? They're going to – you know, some of the stuff that they do is kind of ridiculous, you know, and uh, they just keep going on and on. Some of the safety expectations, you know, we're going to have – you know, uh, mold alarms. We're gonna have, right. uh, <laughs> you know, we're gonna have all this stuff, and everything they keep adding requires maintenance. So that sprinkler system, I, I know that they have to test them every year in in a commercial, sure, uh, at least once a year, maybe more, and they have to every once in a while pump out the water, and they have to. So in a residential, I don't know what. I have no idea. I've never had a system, but what maintenance is required? When what happens if they fail? Is it gonna flood your whole house? Right, I mean, right. you know, what happens when someone lights a I don't know. I'm ignorant on the subject, but I do know that when you add a system such as that, it just doesn't run by itself. Right. It is going to require maintenance. I I know just at the warehouse uh, connected to where I work, they had um, the valve on the sprinkler system. Uh, someone hit it with a forklift and and <laughs> right. put you know a million gallons of water onto the warehouse floor. <laughs> I, you know it's uh, you know things happen. Exactly. So imagine a kid jumping on his bed. Kids do that all the time, right? Yeah. And you've seen people knock into ceiling fans right. and stuff like that. What if they knock into one of these sprinkler heads, <laughs> right? And now you've got water pouring they, out. They need a shower anyway. <laughs> right. So, so there's there's all kinds of risks, but. What about lawn sprinkler systems? Maybe they'll require that as well because you need to have a nice, you know, green lawn. <laughs> yeah, I think the homeowners association may start doing. And that, then they but. can start requiring the type of grass seed that you plant because it could the varieties that use less water or something like that. And then they'll start requiring, uh, right. you know, whatever certain color shutters and they already oh, do they, that. They do that. Right? <laughs> You're on a homeowners anyway. So there you have it. So there will be no requirement for – now, I know that there are some exceptions or some local municipalities that still require it for, say, like uh, townhomes, row homes. They require they may. things like that. But, they may. But so this is at a, a state local, level. A state level yeah. says it does not have to – it's not mandated statewide. Okay. Your local municipality may adopt that rule anyway. So get involved in politics. Get to know your legislature and uh, – uh, the code enforcement people, perhaps. So and, if you have uh, a, a home residential sprinkler system, we'd love to hear from you and find out what's involved, you know, main, maintaining it. Is it. Has it worked out well for you? We'd be curious. Has it put out a fire for you? <laughs> yeah. Right? Has it saved your life, maybe? <laughs> right. And, uh, and uh, let us know. You can just always email us or, or post something, uh, response to this post on our website. 
Okay, Brian, so what do we have for next week? Next week, I think we want to talk about what a pocket hole is. Whoa, okay. Not a hole in your pocket, but a pocket <laughs> hole. Yes. And what you would use that for. Very handy for the handy guy. Right. There's all kinds of uses oh, for pocket holes. Absolutely. I've used mine a lot this right. year. <laughs> so I got a hole in my pocket right now. And I, but anyway. Um, all right, but it's not from getting a pocket hole jig. They're not terribly expensive. We'll talk about that next week. Same place right here at HandyGuysPodcast.com. All right, thanks. The Handy Guys will be back next week. Same handy time, same handy website.